Well, we're continuing our sermon series of New Beginnings, and today we turn to the Old Testament book of Hosea. Now, the time frame, frame for Hosea's life is around the 8th century, and the setting is the northern kingdom, divided kingdom of Israel. And in the first reading today, we had from the book of Hosea, we find that God speaks to Hosea and calls him to be a prophet. He wants him to go and tell the people, Jewish people, the followers of God, certain things. And Hosea is obedient. He obeys God. He does so. Now, when we think of prophets, we usually think of people who speak on behalf of God. They say what's going to happen in the future, usually something bad, unless people change their evil ways and, and, and come and repent and go back to the, the true God. And Hosea definitely fits that definition. He did his best to tell the Jewish people that they needed to quit their bad habits of, of worshiping foreign gods, uh, that they had uh, get rid of their idols, they had statues that they were worshiping and praying to and all that other stuff. All the stuff that God told them not to do. They needed to do, quit doing all that and come back to the only true God. But Hosea took it a step further because God asked him to. He not only talked about it, but he lived it as well. First reading, we read that God tells Hosea to go find and marry a, quote, promiscuous woman. That's the NIV version. Anybody remember what the old King James version was? I'll tell you. Take unto thee a wife of whoredoms. Whoredoms. Now, it's puzzling wordage, and it's also puzzling to me that it's actually plural. But that's, that's what he says. Now, Hosea could have argued with God about that. He could have made up a bunch of excuses about why he didn't want to do that. Moses did that. Moses, God calls Moses, and he said, well, I'm, I'm a slow of tongue. Uh, people are not going to believe me. All these excuses. He could have come up with that. And Hosea rightfully could have said, no way. You know what those people would say about me if I did that? Dude, you got to get somebody else. I'm not the man for this assignment. But Hosea did not do that. He was obedient. He obeyed God. He did what God asked him to, even though it was unusual, strange, a little weird, and no doubt uncomfortable. God asked Hosea to do that for a reason, though. He wanted Hosea to be a walking, talking human metaphor. Hosea marrying Gomer, a woman of ill repute, represented God's relationship with Israel. Israel had cheated on God. The same way that Gomer cheated on Hosea, Israel had cheated on God, turning to foreign gods, worshiping them. Even though they promised to be true, the one true God, they threw that promise out the window and worshiped idols. See, it's not easy to be a prophet. Now, it should be noted that Hosea wasn't the only prophet tasked with actions which God used to make a point to his people. For example, in Ezekiel 4, we find the prophet Ezekiel is told to make a clay model of Jerusalem and lay on his left side facing the model with an iron pan between his face and the model to represent a wall between God and his people. And he was to do this for 390 days. 
390 days. That is a long time. Long time. That's what he's supposed to do. And then, that wasn't the end of it, no. After all that, then he was to lie down on his right side in front of the model for an additional 40 days, which is representing a siege of Jerusalem. Not only that, but he was supposed to take a specific kind of bread. And you can find it in some grocery stores. It's called Ezekiel bread, and you can find it online and stuff. Made with certain grains and certain process and everything. And he was to bake it using a fire fueled by dried human excrement. Yeah, yeah, that is not, doesn't sound, I don't, I don't hope that in the stores they don't do that. I really do. But Ezekiel said, that's very unclean, God. I'm a, trying to be clean. I'm trying to do what you want me to. And God says, okay, all right. Well, then you can do, you can bake it instead over dried cow dung. I don't think that's much better, but that's what, that's what uh, Ezekiel did. And so he did it. See, it's not easy to be a prophet. Then you have Isaiah and Micah, who were commanded by God to walk around sans clothing, or as we say in East Texas, book naked. I want to see how she says book naked. <laughs> yeah. They were called to do that. And you know what? They were obedient, and they did that. Boy, I hope God doesn't call Methodist pastors to do that, I guarantee you. Because it's not easy to be a prophet. It is not easy to be a prophet. All these came about, though, in order for God to illustrate to his people specific concepts or messages. One thing that the prophets all had in common, though, was that they were obedient. They were obedient. They obeyed God. Poor Hosea he had to go through it twice. So he marries Gomer. He has kids. And how would you like to go to school and your kid is not, you know, then go to school and know that your name means not loved or some of the other names that their kids had? That was tough. But he has kids with her, but Gomer does her old ways and she's unfaithful to him and leaves and is with another man or another men we don't really know for sure God tells Hosea to go and redeem her in other words to buy her back so he goes and pays 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley okay so what is that well 16, 15 shekels of silver is about 6 ounces and I looked up the price of silver the other day and it was somewhere around 655 dollars per ounce so unless my math is really bad uh, it turns out to be about three thousand nine hundred thirty dollars in today's terms of money they had to pay and that's not counting the barley which turns out to be about 430 pounds of barley so not only is he supposed to take this woman who has cheated on him back he's got to pay money to do it and he does and why did he do that? Because God asked him to. And because Hosea was obedient to God. In our language, in our culture, the word obedience comes packed with negative connotations for us today, doesn't it? And especially the root word obey is viewed even more negatively. We even have trouble with the concept when we drive, don't we? We're supposed to obey all traffic regulations. 
including the speed limit. But speed limit's 45. Well, you can go 50. You can go five miles over. They don't, they don't count that, right? And if it's 55, you go 60. I see some of you shaking your head. Yeah, some of you looking at your spouse going, mm-hmm, yeah. And if it's 65, you go 70. If it's 70, you go 75. And if you're on I-45 going to Houston, you're just keeping up with the flow of traffic. You may look down, it may be 80, 85 miles an hour. I'm just keeping up with the flow of traffic. And every now and then, a law enforcement officer will turn on those nice flashing lights and pull us over to the side and give us a little piece of paper that reminds us that really we truly are to obey the speed limit and the laws when we drive, that they're there for a reason. But we don't like to obey. I know some folks are the most straight-laced, wonderful, loving people in the world until they get behind the car, and then they're going to drive as fast as they want, and they don't care who tells them not to. They don't want to obey. There's an old hymn titled Trust and Obey. Old hymn. Most of you know it. The chorus of that song is trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey see our world focuses so much on the individual so much it tells us that we're the center of our universe we should put our wants and needs at the top of our priority list our world reinforces our belief that you know really it is all about me it tries to convince us that happiness is found in things and in possessions we're to be commanders of our own life not taking orders from anyone only obeying what we wanted to obey. I'm not going to obey that if I don't like it. That's the way the world works. And that's what the world tells us. And it can be very convincing. But if you study human nature, you'll find that when we base our self-worth based on possessions, social status, power, it's never enough. It's never enough. Such a lifestyle creates a never-ending cycle of wanting more and more and more and happiness and contentment always seem to be just barely out of reach following Jesus on the other hand means putting him first on the top of the priority list it means ignoring the seductions of our world that that try to convince us to put ourselves first and instead put Jesus first and obey him You see, the way of Jesus is upside down and backwards from the way of the world. In our world, we're supposed to put ourselves first. Jesus tells us, put others first. Our world places a strong emphasis on money and wealth, but Jesus tells us, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and thieves, moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also john 14 we find jesus saying these words anyone who loves me will obey my teaching my father will love them he we will come to them and make our home with them if anyone does not love me and anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And the disciple John, writing in 1 John, one of his epistles, says, In fact, this is love for God, 
to keep his commandments. And his commands are not burdensome. See, Hosea had a new beginning when he married Gomer. It changed his life forever. It wasn't an easy life. As a matter of fact, it was much, much more difficult. But he was obedient to God. He was obedient to God. And he fulfilled the words of the hymn that would be written thousands and thousands of years later to trust and obey. Jesus himself gives us the model for obedience with his death on a cross. As Paul tells us in Philippians second chapter, and being found in appearance as a man, he, meaning Jesus, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So my challenge for you today is to have a new beginning to have a new beginning and remember Hosea who had a new beginning when he went and married a promiscuous woman out of obedience to God. And remember how years later, again, he was obedient when he went and redeemed her. And he was obedient because God told him to do so. Now, don't misunderstand me, okay? And tell you, I'm, make you think that I'm telling you to go out and do the same thing Hosea did, especially you guys. No, 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 no. Not unless God tells you to, and it better be super daggum clear when he does tell you to, and you need to visit with me about that before it, before it happens. No, I'm not telling you that. But I do want to challenge you today to obey God. Starting today, learn to trust and obey. That even rhymes. Starting today, I will trust and obey. Y'all say it with me. Starting today, I will trust and obey. Listen to God instead of the world. Make this a new beginning of obeying God, following Jesus, living out the words to the hymn, Trust and Obey. And let's pray that God never calls me to be like Isaiah or Micah and walk around naked because nobody wants that. Nobody. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.